The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome all of you intentional spirits. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing intentionally in the world to be awake, to make a difference, um, to offer uh, wonderful gifts and talents that can be life transformational for for the people that are on your path. Um, we have just that type of person today. She has written the powerful book, French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. She is dynamic. She is uh, Rumi-esque in her writing of poetry. Uh, she is cool. <laughs> Lyric, welcome to our show, Lyric Vincent Ferguson. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, what a great introduction. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> well, you are cool. And and when I say cool, you know, I am um, more your father's generation than yours. But um, I, I say that because I love the way that, you know, right up front and right up center, you, you let people know about your journey. Um, I loved reading about your journey as an author. I talk about there's a big difference in your life between your birth story, you know, who you were born to, your heritage, where you went to school, the environment, the culture, and your creation story. And I love the fact that, you know, you've shared your creation story with all of us about your journey. I just went, that girl, she is just so cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I think all of our journeys make us who we are, so it's good to share. Absolutely. And, um, of course, you're a Leo, too, but you and I don't need to get caught up in that because we'll talk about that for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you have had um, just an amazing life, and... When we think about uh, what were some of the events that created within you the desire to actually care or, you know, to open to your purpose, um, what would you say some of those defining moments have been for you? Sure. Well, um, as you mentioned, you know, I... I grew up in a in a very different kind of uh, space than where I am now. I grew up in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, actually. My father is actor-director Robbie Benson. Many people um, know him from his acting in the 70s, but he actually became a, a television director when I was growing up. So he was directing Friends and Ellen and all of these different sitcoms and I was on those sets all the time, and my mom sang with Meatloaf, so she was the girl in the Bad Out of Hell record. So, <laughs> so you know, um, my parents are are both remarkable, remarkable human beings. So kind and compassionate and caring, but I had no um, spiritual dogma, you know, growing up. And um, when I was 19, I or actually it was quite a bit, before that, when I was 18, I um, 
witnessed September 11th. I was a student at New York University. And, um, you know, of course, that day was remarkably traumatic on all levels. Um, but a dear family friend of mine passed away in, in the building, and I was very close with her husband. And, you know, just watching suffering in, in, on both a, a city and country-wide level, but also so personally with him and in myself, um, you know, that was a huge turning point for me. Absolutely. I mean, I I can't imagine. I know how we were impacted. Um, You know, just all of us uh, that are listening, we can all relate to where we were that day. Uh, Many of us have revisited it with the 10-year anniversary and those kind of things. Um, And in Florida, we faced it, and then the next day, we're getting ready for perhaps a um, potential major hurricane. But you actually lived there, and so you were in a whole different kind of experience than the other people. So, wow. Yes, and at, at that time, I was also suffering from anxiety and depression, and, you know, I had many, many different challenges. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. You know, it was just my body felt like it was falling apart. I was only 18. You know, it just was many different things that um, made me seek spirituality, and so that those were just some of, of those um, turning points. Another one was, of course, a few years later, a dear friend of mine was actually murdered right in front of me. And, you know, those kind of moments, they just change your life and make you realize what, you know, what the per- you, you begin asking, what is the purpose of all this? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, those, those things just, it just changes you. Absolutely, absolutely. You're you're probably not aware, but my book is entitled "When Did You Die: Eight Steps to Stop Dying Every Day and Start Waking Up." It it sounds like you've had eight experiences, you know, where you've made the decision rather than to die a little. And obviously, we're talking energetically, but to become more awake and more vibrant. So I, I applaud that about you because the kind of incidents that you're talking about, you know, some people never come back or they go ahead and they surrender to a life of self-abandonment and rejection, you know, alcohol or dysfunction, whereas you allowed it to, okay, uh, let me go on this uh, deep quest. Um, you lived as a celibate monk for eight years, and I mean, you've really, it's, it is, I, I meant it in a way that with laughter of an ageless spirit, but at the same time, really the highest compliment that you, you're cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's my opinion so of you for the day, for whatever that's worth. And, <laughs> and that being said, um, so did you always know, I mean, were you into art and, and creative, uh, were, were you a wordsmith? Um, how did this, uh, talk to us about the process that, that you got into the written word in the way that you did. Sure. So, um, I was a screenwriter at NYU, um, and I think my parents probably thought that I would end up being a screenwriter, a director, or an actress or something, not a monk. <laughs> um, <laughs> that probably wasn't I, the thing they thought of when they thought of you. <laughs> no, definitely not. And, um, you know, I was always very creative growing up, always painting, singing, you know, performing, doing something. And um, then what happened was is, you know, as you said, you have these pivotal moments in, in your life and you decide, at least I decided I needed a total reset. And so for about three years, I did nothing except for meditate. I meditated about eight to ten hours a day. Um, and I had no desire for anything in the external world. I just needed to completely go within. And then after those three years, um, I continued doing the long meditation, but I added in some, some small activity of writing. And I found that it was so cathartic and, and healing for me because the wisdom that was flowing through me, because I think each of us can can really relate to that when we're on our journey, you know, we have these moments of such clarity and then we have these moments where we're just not feeling so good on our path or we're, 
feel a little lost or confused, or we ask, where is God, whatever that word means to each of us. And I think that what writing did for me was in those times where, you know, I needed um, a little extra help from the divine, that help came through my own consciousness. And it was so beautiful, and the wisdom was so profound. And so I just I wrote over 2,000 um, poems during that time, and I, I believe that they're very healing, it's, you know, to read and, and to metabolize for, for spiritual seekers. Absolutely, and, and your book is, is just the, the cover of it is beautiful, and you have, uh, how many poems would you say, because it's a book, it's as courageous as its title, it's critically acclaimed, and I love that it's being compared to Rumi, because for most of us, that's one of our po- uh, favorite uh, writers of all time, certainly, for lovers of spirituality. Your book is for all those lovers of God, being, Mother Nature, or whatever term you choose to call all denominational divinity. I just, I just love that. How did you um, come into the awareness of the title? Oh, it's so funny. I just was sitting one day and I just thought, oh, what a perfect title, French Kissing God. <laughs> um, I have a I have a poem I have a poem in there called God's French Kiss, which is the first poem in the book, and it's just very playful, talking about um, how God approached me and you know told me to begin writing, and it's just it's a very sweet, playful poem. But I think you know I was as you mentioned I was celibate for basically a decade and just focused on the self, but. When you say just the self, the self is infinite. The self is so many divine beings, more friends that fill this universe in all the various dimensions than we could ever imagine. And so I never felt alone. And I always saw the this presence of God, and God always appeared to me however I needed it in that moment, whether it was a best friend, a father figure, um, you know, a lover, and I mean appeared as in not as people, but as in, you know, that feeling, that energy, um, of a vision, however, it, you know, the divine chose to communicate in the, in that moment. And so for me, um, my relationship with God, as you mentioned, like with Rumi, or if you think of Hafiz or Rabia is another, one of my favorite mystic mm-hmm. poets. It's all very sensual, you know, it's very, very sensual and personal, and that was, was definitely my experience as well, so I just tried to be truthful to my experience. And I love that. Um, I've actually, you know, taught many times through the years in classes that the relationship that you have with God, divine, you know, whatever you call it, um, is always going to be equal to it's the relationship you have with yourself and and then the expectation or the energy that's in all the other relationships around you so if if one works to develop that openness of this uh romantic love and we're talking beyond anything of even including the sexual aspect but in that sense of self um in a person developing that, then they understand the passion and the love of how much that love is equated or reciprocal with with God. Don't don't you feel? I mean, um, so many people are looking for externals versus realizing to start that deep relationship with you, as you did. You went away. You went into the quiet. You went into this deep place. Uh, you began writing in the silence of your own mind in making that discovery so that you may come through that on the other side of an energy of, wow, this creator really, really is loving, phenomenal. I'm French kissing this creator. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, you know, for me, I love the word that you use, passion, you know, because I myself am um, uh, um, a student of especially Vedic philosophy or uh, it's um, the basis of the Hindu religion. And and so we talk about these 
these seven states of consciousness and how it first starts with enlightenment, which is cosmic consciousness, and then God consciousness, where you begin to be aware of the Creator, and then unity consciousness, that full union with the, the divine self. And and oftentimes the, they talk about how love, love for God is that binding force which creates that ultimate union. And for me, that was my experience. You know, my love and passion for God, the self, wholeness, whatever term we choose to use, was just out of control beyond anything. And the heart just opens and it swallows up infinity in that moment. And then when you eat infinity, what do you become? The vessel of infinity. So <laughs> so it's, it's just a beautiful, um, it's just a beautiful union yes sorry it, 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 it's so it's so true it's so true well when we when we come back after break i think it would warrant for us to talk a bit about about the heart and you know rather than the head and i've got a couple of little cute ideas i'd like to get your insight or your feeling about as well um I want to thank everybody for being in tune with Unity Online Radio. We're featured all over the world. And most of all, for our listeners, thank you for all that you do to share on social media, our show, spreading it. We're in so many countries now. We greatly appreciate who you are and what you are. And we'll be right back as we talk more about French Kissing God, a journey to enlightenment with a profound author, lyric, Vincent Ferguson. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word Magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the Word for the Day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, 
Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Lyric Benson Ferguson. She is the author of Amazon bestseller, French Kissing God, A Journey to Enlightenment. And what a journey she's had. I'd love you to just go to her website for many reasons. One, to get the book. Uh, follow her on Facebook. It's called FrenchKissingGod.com. FrenchKissingGod.com. Uh, to know what she's about and kind of, I think we're going to, have a defining moment that we're going to go, well, a few years ago she was on Unity Radio. Look at where she is now. That's that instinctive and intuitive feeling that I get. And, wow, what a great book. And, you know, poetry, um, lyric, is, is such a backdoor. You know, I love lecture physics. Um, I create many conversations about spirituality and those kind of things. Uh, not talking at, but rather talking with. But there's something very cool about poetry that we're, we're caught off guard in a way, you know, because we're just kind of rolling with the, with the words and we don't really have a, a defensiveness, even though we're not doing it on purpose. We're not shielding ourselves and we're just allowing ourselves to be caught by the element of, of surprise. Um, share one of your, uh, beautiful poems with us, and just just let the book open to where we're supposed to be today. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to read um, this poem. It's called Entangle Me Whole. Your song, a piercing howl, running through my being, sweeping across open plains, hitting the ghost town in my heart, Wildly weeping through empty wooden hallways, sorrow sweeping swollen dust around my soul, circling, encapsulating, enveloping, nothing majestic in this dance, yet so majestic. Dry air rips you from my lips. You push me forward, always releasing me before the adoration of sorrow is forever obliterated by the impending deluge of my soul. When sorrow churns like a wave in her ocean, it is immensely powerful to feel rather than deny. Even pain is worthy of God's love. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, how I love you. I am so thankful for the journey. Please, entangle me whole. Oh, wow. I love that. Got a little tongue twisted there. No one noticed that. We were too into the emotions of the word. That is just so beautiful. Entangle me whole. When we talk about the sense of wholeness and our ability to see the world whole, the planet hold, I'm sure you do the same. I always encourage people to speak with the highest words. Uh, towards our planet, towards our world, towards things that are surrounding us. You had mentioned before we went to break, you mentioned the big word, uh, that we know the word, we know how to spell it. We haven't necessarily learned how to open it, and that that's the heart. Um, I like to share with people when you look at the world clock by Peter Russell. Are you familiar with that, Lyric? No, I'm clock. not, but I love to learn. It, it's very interesting. It's a, uh, it's, you can Google it, World Clock by Peter Russell. And it literally gives you every second the amount of people that are being born, the amount of people that are dying, sometimes what causes and things like that. It's fascinating. Uh, that being said, um, you know, often people think of the word C, the big cancer, as being such a significant word. And and it is, but for every person that dies of cancer, four people die of heart-related issues. And and so we, when we think about that, um, we are at a place where we are saturated with information all the time. You know, often you'll hear people say, well, I know that, I know that, but somehow we're not often able to move from our knowing 
to our growing, to our showing, right? But the other part is that we tend to work with what we know from the mind, but the heart in the laughter that you're giving and the poems that you're writing, yes, there is a point I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Your poems activate the capacity of opening the heart. And that's what I love about the work that, that you're doing because the heart is craving what it doesn't know. And we're out of balance with that, in my humble opinion. Yes, I think that's so beautiful. And I think, you know, there's so much we have to learn about the energetics of the human body and how we actually function beyond what modern science can tell us. And I think that the heart is is a massive energy center, you know, that is incredibly intelligent, even more so than the mind center. And if we could all just settle in a little bit deeper into that that knowingness of the heart, then um, I think this world would be a better place because I believe that that, that heart is the center of, of the divine. It's the center of, of all the knowingness that any of us could ever wish for in, in this life. It's a very, very powerful place in the body. So, And when you refer to, you know, the major crisis, um, an aching physical body, um, an aching uh, soul loss that we all joined in a fragmented kind of way of the, you know, 9-11, uh, the, the loss of the good friend, would you say that, those moments led you to your heart breaking open instead of closing down? Oh, that's actually incredibly beautiful. Yes, I think so. And it's it's interesting. It's like, I think, you know, we're all taught in some ways to guard our, our hearts or guard ourselves. And so we might create this, you could say, a, um, a hard shell around our emotions. And, um, you know... I believe that that kind of way of functioning is is um, not unity based. It's very small self based, and so when these I was faced with these things, and you know that were very challenging, and you know I began to ask myself the purpose of life and the purpose of 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 existence. I think that those things did serve as as those catalysts because sometimes our greatest challenges are truly our greatest gifts and even though there was great pain that kind of came with these things that happened they caused deep inward reflection and um, became my greatest teachers in so many ways and it opened your heart in such a way and through the poems you know, with that energy and that vibration that you're coming from, um, that's going to be how it impacts others as well. Um, what is the background with your with your name? Are we to assume that you're named because of your mom's love of music, or is there another part of that? No, actually, my dad did it. <laughs> <laughs> It's He's beautiful, doing, um, and I've never heard you. it before, and I like odd names because, uh, well, of having one myself. So I was curious about that. Where did Lyric come from, and, and what reason? Um, you know, my dad is also an incredible musician, and we actually created a CD together. It's called Lyric's Love Light Revolution, and you can actually get it on iTunes, and it's based on my poetry. It's this kind of wild spiritual rock and roll album that we did a few years ago. And he is just an amazing composer. It's uh, one of his greatest gifts that has never, um, you know, he's never been able to quite show the world. But um, I think that he just one day was looking through the dictionary and he came upon that name and he was like, that's it. (laughs) So, here it is. it, it, It suits you very well. It suits you very well of bringing harmony to our planet at a time that we can really benefit and, and use it. That That's for sure. Um, you're now in Maui. Well, I was until about a month ago, and now I'm actually in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a shift. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, my husband has 
has some work here, and so we moved. But it's it's very good. Um, I'm actually in Fairfield, Iowa, which is the home of um, Maharishi University, which is where we both went to school. So it's a, it's actually a very spiritual place in the middle of cornfields. It's very unique. Oh, that's totally feeding your soul for sure. Absolutely. Well, and so with that capacity, you were able to really call in um, the love of your life. I think that's always an important interest um, with people that have really found and made that connection. Obviously, you're modeling what your parents discovered. I've been watching them uh, singing and performing together on YouTube. They are in such harmony with one another. So you have great modeling but you also, with your new heart opening, awaken to uh, letting someone come into your life. Is there a significant story with how you met your husband? Well, actually, you know, he was—he also was a um, celibate monk for about five years. And we met in college before we both decided to pursue that path um, at the university here in Fairfield. And... You know, I don't think either of us thought much about about it. We we had much admiration for one another, but um, we're just friends. But then we reconnected um, as I was kind of emerging out of my very inward years, and he was as well, and we just had lunch one day and <laughs> kind of just went from there. Um, and, you know, I think that I just think... Every day, those years that I spent um, evolving myself, because it makes you so present and loving in in a relationship, and we just don't, you know, my husband and I, we don't fight. It's very interesting. It's like we just, we communicate, and we have fun, and we've been together for three years now, and it's just, because it's so heart-based and loving, and there's not... um, I don't know. There's not a need to to have conflict. I don't know. It's very interesting. So I totally anyway. get it. I totally yeah. get it. It's yeah. what we would call a heart-centered relationship. I have the same thing. Um, my wife and I, we've been together 11 years, and we get tickled. You know, we don't know how to fight. We get We start laughing. Um, but we have that same kind of thing because we we understand and if I'm doing vows for people, I always remind them in the ceremonial and ritual part that when you make the choice that the issues of the world are outside of you, but as a relationship, you don't have issues, then you won't um, because you're coming together in alignment from a heart-centered place that you've got each other's best interest in mind. You know, so really there isn't anything you can say that's ever critical or parental or derogatory because it's holding um, a higher vibration. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to elaborate on that because it's it's definitely something that, well, maybe it's your next book. <laughs> Who knows? Right? right about is how to model, you know, healthy heart-centered relationships because um, it's so needed because there's such a misunderstanding about that. And, and so few people uh, that you meet on the journey seem to have that. But it is an honor when you when you do. That's for sure. Yeah, and I'm very lucky that he's the most adorable person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. How did this? When you're looking at all these poems and you're, you know, did you just feel a call like these are too good to share? Uh, were you encouraged by others? Um, we certainly are ready for another Maya Angelou out there, or a both and, not replacing, but a new level, new generation. Um, how did you get to a place that says, let's put these in a book, let, let's get them out there? Was that a quest for you, or was it just the next natural step? Um. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I had, I had, as I say, I have like 2,000 of them scribbled in notebooks all around my house. And um, a friend actually encouraged me at one point. And I thought, you know, 
I think it's time. And my husband was very supportive um, and gave me the opportunity to work on it. And, you know, I decided to self-publish, um, which was a, a big decision as well, you know, just going through the different steps of it. Um, but I think that it just, like you said, it's just time. And so I picked 108 of my favorites, or actually not even my favorites, of the ones that I felt, you know, inclined to share at this time. And um, I just made the book. <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. Good for you. I, I wanted to read um, a couple of statements because I love Araya Mountain Dreamer. And what she says about your book is, We human beings have a great forgetfulness. And poets like Lyric Benson are the voices that remind us again and again of our deepest longing for union with God. Through her words and her images, Lyric ignites again the longing that will take us home. That is awesome. Yeah, it was so sweet to get her um, her comments. I was very flattered. <laughs> yeah, I, I can totally understand that and and why well give us another one okay give us another one of your great ones because that other one was just so rich entangled in being whole okay here's one um that's very sweet this one's called every time we kiss our souls unite every time our eyes meet we consume each other becoming one Our soft, precious undulations give rise to divine flow. How we yearn for God so deeply in this most tangible embrace. We almost taste God's precious lips on our own. That is what we get every time we kiss. Wow. You're just doing some great soul writing there, that's for sure. Some great soul writing. Thank you. Have you had, um, aside from, you know, the testimonials from um, people that have, you know, looked at the book and endorsed it, have you received feedback on Facebook or different experiences people have had, kind of a aha moment or an awakening because of the writing? Yes. Yeah. You know, that's actually my favorite um my favorite experience is to hear other people's experiences of my work. And I did a Kickstarter in order to launch the book, and I um, pre-sold about 500 copies. And so those individuals were the first ones that I, excuse me, got feedback from. And they they kept saying that it was life-changing, and I thought, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> You know, how can, you know, and sweet things from people of all different religions, from Christian to just kind of esoterically spiritual people to, um, you know, all different kinds, Jewish heritage, they they all told me very similar things, was just that it completely reignited their their love for, for their journey, and they were so grateful, and... You know, I couldn't ask for any more than that. That's the purpose of of the work. So, oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. It, it's it's your it's your best day, right? When you hear that yeah. someone's life has been altered. How has your life changed from your book experience and sharing it with others? Well, I think it's very integrating, you know, and grounding for for me because. You know, these experiences are a part of my soul. They're a part of who I am, but I've been so inward. And so there was a lack of kind of weaving with society, you know, energetic weaving. You know, I was separate. There was kind of this, I don't want to say a wall, but, you know, just this kind of like separateness <laughs> from mm-hmm. the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I began sharing the book and, and, you know, especially through interviews and through teaching, which I do, um, but, you know, it just makes me feel so much more deeply rooted as a person. 
in the knowledge which the divine shared with me. And, you know, I couldn't ask for a greater gift than that because the whole thing is infusing our small self with with the infinite. That's all that there is. And you can't ever get too full. You can't ever get too infused. And so no matter how, you know, divinely infused I felt before, <laughs> I... um I now feel more deeply grounded and and rooted in a very human way, you know, which is just so beautiful. It's not just this, um, I think a lot of times when spiritual people, you know, have glimpses of um, enlightenment or awakening, they almost want to leave the body, you know, they want to go out and, and um, just be done with this human experience because that which they're experiencing is so much more divine. And I think that I had that for many years, but now it's a, it's a deep rooting that's happened, and I'm very grateful for that. So I'm very happy to be, to be here on Earth. <laughs> I, I totally uh, resonate with, with everything you you said, and I, I remember when I was just coming into sobriety, uh, when I was like 28, 29 years old, and then so delving into, uh, the spirit that had been carrying me since I was a kid in nature, you know, so it wasn't a new connection, it was just now could be a whole connection, right? And feeling right. that French kissing God that you're talking about. And, but that being said, at first my quest was, you know, in my thirties was to just reach nirvana. You know, I just had this place, you know, phase one, I no longer drink so I won't have problems. Wrong, I still had problems but I felt them. <laughs> You're right. Phase two is, oh, I'll be so enlightened and lighten up and oh, and the world would be around me and I'll be talking really funny and I'll just be, you know, at peace all the time and everything will just be lovely. And then I realized, no, that what happens is um, we become more and more human. And that's that's what I love is that on this quest that's what I love about the work you're doing is that the more we become connected to this French kissing God that you're referring to, the more we allow ourselves to be on this journey of enlightenment, we become so aware of how beautiful our humanity is and more sensitive, more feeling and all that. Do you do you relate to that? Or you, you know, because it's just you feel so much and and I I try to uh share with people especially on this show. You know, as you're more open, I mean, you might feel sad and not know why and the next day you hear, "Oh, uh in Japan we had this earthquake or you know whatever because we're so connected like that." Are you having those kind of experiences as well? I'm sure you are. Of course. I mean, the the human, you know, we we are all so deeply connected in the field of collective consciousness. And it's a very real field. It's a very real vibration. And so, you know, all of us ride that wave to some degree. Um, and so we do, of course, we feel the ups and downs of of all of those around us. And I, I think that the greatest thing we can do is to find that centeredness so that we can be at, at the depth of the ocean looking up at the waves. And we become that centered place from which we act. You know, we act from a place of wholeness so that we, you know, aren't completely overshadowed by emotions that are coming in even if we feel them very, very deeply, which is very natural. And, you know, I speak often in the book that, you know, it's not that we leave our humanity behind, it's that we transform this this human being into a more whole representation of our soul. And that that is just living fully in the present moment as the person that we are, you know, and that is that is feeling very deeply, experiencing all the range of emotions that every person on this planet does, and yet simultaneously being completely rooted in an infinite wholeness, which is beyond 
anything that the mind could um, could kind of comprehend. So that's what I I always you know, try to you know say is my greatest message is that we can live be human and divine simultaneously and and we don't ever have to give up our our playful wonderful self whatever that might look like but simultaneously live the the greatest expression of that Mm, I love that, and I love that uh, two or three times uh, you've said, you know, boldly from from crisis management, if you will, to you said, I made a decision to, you know, I made a decision that, I made a decision because of. So I, I love that part of that um, defining part that you created that template to move into because that's a part that I feel there's so many people, if they could realize, you make a decision in the midst of the crisis that when you're on the other side of it, you will be more, not less. And you don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you're just yes. taking kind of little baby steps, just kind of moving along, and one day you feel better, and the next day you feel sad, and the next day you feel better. But you just make this decision to be better because of, and therefore, that's what you become. That entangled place of being whole, as you write about. And that is what it's all about, is that that futuristic claim um, that you'll be more, not less, and that you'll have more energy. And, and that's uh, a part for people to really grasp in the divine and the humanity of that understanding of that and that ebb and flow of life is that we can leave our bodies one day, walk out of them with more energy than what we started out with. And I find that not only passionate, I find it very exciting. (laughs) Yes, yes. And, you know, um, I also just wanted to, to add, you know, when you say you make a decision, you don't even know what that's going to look like is when I first when I was very um, having health problems and came home after September 11th, I remember praying for the first time in my entire life. I didn't even know if God existed, you know? I just said, dear God, if you exist and you can get me out of this situation, I promise I'll devote my life to you. (laughs) I "I don't know what I'm saying, you know? (laughs) Somehow somehow it worked, I guess. (laughs) You became a French kisser with a real purpose there. (laughs) I know. It's really funny. And and then what happened was really magical. I mean, I got suddenly a friend um, gave me a book on spirituality. I never had read one before. And I met a meditation teacher a few weeks later. I mean, it was just like nature just organized, you know, just because you make that decision and have that intention. So... Yeah, it's beautiful. So. Well, I'm. I love what you have on your website, FrenchKissingGod.com, and I love just watching the image. You know, making its way. It's. It says God's love is relentless. I know. I have been there. I threw sparks, specks of dust from my journey onto paper in hopes they will spark and catch fire in your heart and light fire to this world too. Until all love becomes equally relentless. Well, Lyric Benson Ferguson, I want to thank you for the spark that you've created within me today and also with all our listeners. Thank you for doing the great work you're doing. And if there's any way, a way that comes forth that I could ever be of support to your cause, um, you're an incredible human being, an incredible uh, spiritual person as well. And everyone, get involved with this great gal, Linson, Linson Ferguson, right? Great kissing God. Go to her website. Get to know who she is. And thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Really appreciate it. God bless you, Larry. Many blessings in your incredible journey. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes.
Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. moment we live can be holy and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so everything we do can be a prayer and by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives that can indeed be true author carla kincannon wrote creativity is so much more than art making It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. When I look at the world around me, I may feel dismayed by the amount of conflict I see. Of course I want things to be different, and perhaps I'm willing to take action, but so often I don't know exactly what to do or how. Sometimes the best place to start is with myself. By first looking at my own life and relationships, I may find areas of conflict that need to be resolved. If I want that resolution, I must work for it within myself. Peace is a personal responsibility, an ever-present power I must choose to accept. Every time I work to heal something within myself, I am helping to heal the world. Peace happens, one heart at a time. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? 
Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics. Colleagues, family, and friends all are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and... 
Your soul wants five things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.